what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast wherein we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. We give our honest reactions on it. It is typically our first time hearing that particular release. All the releases that we listen to are a year or less old. We try to keep things moving, try to things keep things contemporary. Um, we really like punk and hardcore, so we talk about it for a, a couple hours each week. That's about all there is to it. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice. We usually get through between five and seven of them, and that's really all there is to the podcast. Um, usually we have some long preambles. I got a, I got a couple things I want to address this week, but uh, Nate, do you, uh, do you have anything off the, top, uh, off the top of your dome that you want to cover or address? I mean, yeah, but no, you know what I mean? It gets, uh, it gets tedious and, uh, it just basically turns into, uh, you know, the ramblings of an internet voice, um, sure. against the, uh, the inevitability and the, uh, futility of what appears to be, um, eternal cosmic torment. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty succinct, concise and accurate way to sum that up, I think. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of more, you know, I think we, we covered current events pretty well last week. We covered our positions, um, on current events pretty well last week. If you know either of us, um, we probably didn't need to state that. And if you listen to last week's episode, I think you got enough of an earful. Um, so we don't, we don't need to wax intellectual on that subject too much, too much more. Um, I will say, uh, I was just listening to, to Warzone before the podcast started, I listened to the Antidote Seven Inch this week. I, I've been listening to a lot of classic stuff: the FUs, My America, um, Jerry's Kids, Is This My World, and just—I uh, mean, these are things that are all semi-regular listens in my rotation. But every once in a while, I'll have a week where I really just dive in and tackle a lot of the classics back to back to back. Um, it's the weather for it right now. I'm in—I'm in a—I'm in, in the mood to to listen to those classic records. So I got to say, I'm, I'm going to be holding everybody to an especially high standard this week because uh, those records are still completely untouchable. I will also say that the spoken word intro to "Don't Forget the Struggle, Don't Forget the Streets" by Warzone is perhaps my favorite spoken word intro of all time in uh, in, in a hardcore record. And I think that the concept of Warzone women is a very novel one that <laughs> I, I'm I'm surprised more bands haven't haven't done done more to replicate like why don't we have like the um uh, the, the the parasitic paramours well you did have the gordon girls when we go I, on tour <laughs> I, I forget yeah that's right did you coin that yes yes <laughs> okay. i think i coined it in buffalo because we were loading out and you were talking to a couple of gordon girls uh-huh. and brandon's like where the fuck is gray and i was like <laughs> oh he's with the gordon girls um and uh you know so we did have that, but um, none of none of the rest of us, because you know we weren't in positions to uh, have Gordon girls, nor are we Gray Gordon. Um, so uh, you know, we 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 just don't carry the I guess the the, the same amount of um, um, mystique and bad boy sway that Gray Gordon does with the girls on tour. Um, I I think that it's this is an important moment for me to note though that. Never once have I actually slept with somebody on tour. Not even one time in the many, many years that I've been touring and the many tours that I've done, um, I, I've never slept with somebody on tour. I've always opted to go uh, go to bowling alleys with my friends instead. Well, yeah, instead. because that's better, right? It's way better, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 
So you, we did have the Gordon girls. We never had any like um, any uh, uh, I don't know PT paramours, um, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, the, the, whatever. But uh, you know, that's probably has to do also with just the general um, disposition and um, <laughs> personal sort of appearance of the band as well. That's probably probably um, has a lot to do with it, yeah. Because uh, speaking for myself and uh, Brandon as well, we are not cool dudes, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I'm not. Uh, I'm not fronting a particular style, and uh, I'm certainly not wearing what I'm all about on my sleeve usually. Sure. Um, and uh, what I am about ain't cool, right? So uh, I don't like fun. Um, I don't like people, and. Uh, I generally don't like very much of anything. And when you get down to it, that is terribly unattractive. For sure. That is, the, yeah, that's 100% true. As I covered recently, as I was talking to a, a, a woman um, who asked how that worked out for me, and I had to answer honestly and say, usually not at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, I, uh, those qualities are, are typically seen as unattractive. Yes. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, it just, I think it just takes a moment, uh, a moment longer for people to penetrate to that layer. Um, with me personally, they see something else and then they get something very different once you get the, once you get the package home and unwrap it. Well, also, um, the package itself for me is, um, I, I, I guess I could say off-putting and intimidating. Sure. Um, you know, cause like I'm a genuinely tall, large guy, right? Yeah, that is true. I, I'm not six foot and 180. I'm mm-hmm. put another five or six inches on that and another 130 pounds on that. Right. Um, and, uh, I'm kind of fat and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just generally don't look like a nice guy. I don't look like somebody that uh, you want to come up and talk to usually. So whatever, sure, but sure. I don't have to worry about it because uh, I'm not on the market. I am. Uh, I've, I'm claimed. And if there ever come a day when I am back on the market, I still won't be in the market because um, <laughs> for the ab- above mentioned reasons, I, I look terrible and scary. <laughs> and when you get right down to it, I am deeply unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um. So, so there's that. And, and then, so pivoting away from war zone and the war zone women and all that, I will say the other thing I was doing right before we started recording, um, and I'll, and I'll try not to let this lead me into a sort of, uh, internet atheist diatribe or anything of that nature. I'm, I won't, I'll try not to go Richard Dawkins on you or Christopher Hitchens on you, but, uh, I was watching, um, just like a theoretical analysis of, the uh, appearance of the Nephilim in the Bible, because there's only actually like three references to the Nephilim throughout the Bible. And then the rest of them come in the form of like non-canonical books that they found when they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls, like the book of Enoch and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, I I like history a lot and I like um, I like theological history, but I will say anytime I watch something that's sort of a, a, um, an academic analysis of the actual text of the Bible, yeah. I am reminded of the fact that it is truly the incoherent babbling, yeah, incoherent, impenetrable babbling of, of desert people, you know, right. Right. who believed in giants. Right. Copied uh, and translated across several generations, across multiple centuries, and altered to fit certain political and social 
uh, drama of the day, a la sure. the King's James version, right? Right, right, right. Yes, uh, I guess I'm just I'm I'm always reminded of that because it's I don't really you know I don't often sit down with the Bible. Um, yeah, and uh, anytime anytime I I, I take a, even a, a small step into that world once again, just out of morbid curiosity or historical interest or anything, yeah, I'm I'm just immediately reminded like this is essentially the same as if the scrawlings of a schizophrenic homeless, well, of, of 30 schizophrenic homeless men over the course of 200 years, um, you know, jotted down on napkins were found in a, in a back alley um, 500 years from now and then assembled as some sort of tome that was in, in some way representative of a, of a universal truth. It's literally right. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, re- it's baffling. Well, I, I like it when... Uh... I, I like it when it's given like serious academic consideration, uh-huh. um, you know, because I have to, I have to believe that a lot of the people that are, you know, appearing to give it serious academic consideration are just kind of like doing it because that's what you're supposed to do is take such a, such a um, obvious uh, compilation of utter shit and like m- give it credence. Right. I mean, you would be better spent um, discussing the teachings and the philosophy of Mr. Fucking Rogers, right? Of Fred <laughs> it, Rogers. It, it, right. And, it, it is more relevant. Right. Like if you don't like Fred Rogers, then, then you probably are a wicked person. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And, you know, maybe in, maybe in a thousand years, there will be like this, um, you know, Rogers anity sort of uh, religion and people will twist his his words around so that uh, you know they can justify uh, knocking heads and and anything else they want to do but um, yeah I don't like there's there, there are so many other religious texts that everybody just basically agrees are bullshit right except for the people that believe in that particular text and then that one oh of course you know right and I also like to like the book of Eden Enoch isn't that one that um, is just full it's it's loaded with what is utter fucking shit like the nephilim and the giants and like what is what is clearly obviously fantasy yeah yeah for sure yeah i like how that one didn't make it into the bible They're like well, i don't know that one's that one's a bit much don't you think <laughs> right yeah like there was actually some quality control for the bible right 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 yeah. and, and and you know just trying to ascribe like because if they are just ramblings of like nomadic desert people um, maybe or maybe not under the under the sway of certain uh, chemical factors or whatever, but however it's been twisted and contorted, um, it's kind of like I have some cousins. I have a cousin who um, is a world authority on the author James Joyce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's been in like she used to run a James Joyce museum. I don't know what she does now. I, I don't have a, a, a close contact with her because she's probably fifteen years older than me, sixteen years older than me, and. For my entire life, she's always lived somewhere else, and she's lived over in Europe for like the past thirty years, right? Yeah. But I see her every couple, every couple, uh, every couple years or so, and um, I remember talking to her and her husband at the time because he was also like a Joyce scholar about James Joyce at Thanksgiving dinner, and I was like, they were talking about Finnegan's Wake. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read Finnegan's Wake? I haven't, but I've read excerpts because my mom has a, a master's degree in, in English lit. So when she was tackling James Joyce when I was in high school, I uh, I dug into it a little bit, and it right. is uh, it's pretty impenetrable. I tried to read Finnegan's Wake one time I re- because after this conversation, because we got about 
I got about five, 15 pages in. Mm-hmm. And I concluded that I was indeed right about the prem- my, my premise during dinner, which was that it's utter bullshit. Um, <laughs> and it's really not deserving of such uh, close scrutiny because James Joyce is dead. And as I recall, he's kind of a prick and kind of a fucking nut. And um, maybe that's all this is, is like a bunch of fucking bullshit, right? Like, <laughs> right. why does it have to mean anything? And I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you a paragraph from Finnegan's Wake right now, actually. <laughs> okay, sick. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so I, uh, this is, uh, this is from book one, chapter one. Okay. okay. Um, here we go. The fall, and then in parentheses, it says, ba 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 da la gara gat kaminara ronk con bron toneron tuon thun trovar haunan skan tuhu hudur neen and thur nook with a with an uh, exclamation point. That's in a parenthesis. That's one sequence of like uh, of, of syllable, syllable um, uh, of um. That's one just like polysyllabic bit of gibberish in a parenthesis. So the fall, 40 letter, 45 letters of bullshit. The fall Uh of a once Wall Street old par is retailed early in bed and later on life down through all Christian minstrelly. The great fall of the off wall, off wall entailed at such short notice the shoot of Finnegan, air solid man, that the Humpty Hillhead of Hum himself promptly sends an unquiring one well to the west in quest of his tum-tumpy toes. Up there, upturned point pite in place, is at the knockout in the park where oranges have been laid to rust upon the green since, the, since Devlin's first love, Livy. <laughs> What clashes of here wills gent want oyster gods, gaggy fishy gods, brek kekek kekek kekek, coax coax coax, uwalu uwalu uwalu, kuanth, where the battleary's partisans are still out to mathmaster Malicus Micranes and the verdant catapelting of cannibalistics cam- out of who yate boits of hooty head. <laughs> that is whatever you think of that, uh-huh. right? <laughs> Whether it's genius hidden in what appears to be utter trash, right? Yeah, yeah. In which case, fuck you, James Joyce. How's that? How about that? How about we just say fuck you and your whole life's work gets forgotten in fucking history because you had to be such a prick about it, right? Right. Right? So fuck you, right? Uh-huh. Or that is just the utter ramblings of an alcoholic mind severely deprived of thiamine and in like the final stages of fucking wet brain. Right. Um, and can, you know, just barely put together coherent sentences. Because, oh, by the way, that was one fucking sentence. Right. Yeah, he ha- he definitely has a history of run-on sentences. Um, I think in in uh, in American literature, people often point to, to Faulkner as um, an occasionally indecipherable author with a... a a notorious penchant for uh, run-on sentences, for italicizing sentences, for uh, non-specified flashbacks. And Faulkner can be a little bit tough to dive into, but compared to uh, the true lunatic ramblings of Finnegan's Wake, it's uh, no contest. Faulkner seems like the most coherent, put-together author of the last uh, 200 years. Because, right. yeah, that's, that's, pure, that's pure bullshit. It's pure bullshit. And, it's, and Ulysses isn't much fucking easier. Right. Right. And so my point is getting back to the Bible. um, It's clearly bullshit. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, indeed it is. Right? It's, yes. clear, it's clearly bullshit. Speaking of that, I started reading, um, I picked up some more books from uh, the used bookstore. I picked up a bunch of, you know, bullshit fantasy pulp. And I picked up a Highland book that I had not looked at before. Which one? Um, the Number of the Beast. I and I have not one. read Robert, I, I, have, I have not read Highland in a long time. Yeah. Um, and now I remember why. Because, uh, boy, do I not like the way he writes. Um, I, I liked it a lot when I was younger. I haven't revisited him in probably 15, eh, no, maybe not quite that long, maybe 13, 14 years. I mean, the last time I read him, I was a teenager, and I read a lot of his stuff. Um, I think the last one that I remember reading is maybe Podcane of Mars. Um, but, uh, yeah, I could see maybe it not translating well to uh, an adult reader. Yeah, I'm, I've read a few, uh, you know, Stranger in Strange Land, obviously, Star Trek sure. Troopers. Um, right. Joe. Yeah, my God. And, and and maybe I should revisit some of his other work, but, man, this is this, uh, Number of the Beasts, I think, published in 1980. Um, the dialogue in it is so fucking painfully smarmy to read um, that I can't believe he wasn't joking when he wrote it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, you know, in Star Trek, the worst episodes of Star Trek Next Generation are the holodeck episodes, right? Sure. Where, you know, like Picard, for whatever fucking reason, 400 years removed from anything that happened like that, has to go live in some 1930s noir film, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what he fucking likes, which is absurd, right? That's like, that's like you and I loving 16th century Baroque music. <laughs> right, yes. Right? And yeah. like that, that's our cultural touchstone, right? Um, or, you know, it's, or, or it's shitty fucking stupid fucking Riker that has to go to like some New Orleans jazz bar so he can, I, I think he played trombone, right? Like why these people would cling to such, um, it, it, it beggars belief. It beggars yes. belief that nothing more recent in their lives is relevant as a cultural sort of like phenomena right sure um and so like the worst episodes of that are when you know picard goes back because then you have to deal with the the, the stupid shitty like slang of the era right but kind of kind of change you know kind of brought up to speed to seem like it's in the future mm -hmm. right and that's exactly it. dude fucking number of the beast i'm only like 50 pages in and i fucking hate it when the characters talk to each other and a lot of the fucking book is just dialogue. There's not a lot of just third because the book's written in the first in the first person. There's right. not a lot of just like exposition. You know, you know what I mean. Just like explaining a scene or anything like that. Yeah. Um. And and the dialogue is just fucking terrible. Um. It's 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 it's. I don't have the book with here right now. Otherwise, I'd read some terrible passages. But just picture nineteen twenties gangsters. Right. Okay. Yeah. Along with greasers from the fifties, greasers and fucking uh, deadbeats from the fifties. Right. Mm -hmm. Talking to each other about the future on a fucking spaceship. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. It could potentially be pretty nightmarish to try to slog your way through that. It's it's so fucking painful. Like they're they're dying. They're, at one point, they're like, you know, being chased uh, by terrorists. 
mm-hmm. early on in the book. Um, there's, it's inexplicable, like what's happening. You can't figure out what's happening in the early in the early stages of the book. And there's four people that have just narrowly escaped the terrorist attack that appear just mildly perturbed that somebody tried to kill them, not really like worried about it, because right. apparently that's a common thing in this book. Um, and the way that they're talking, like the guy's talking to the autopilot of his plane and he's sweet talking it like a fucking, yeah, and I'll say here, you're going to go towards Reno, sweet cheeks, and then you're going to make a sharp left turn and head up towards Logan, Utah. We're going to do a lap around Logan, Utah, and then you're going to fly right on down past into San Antonio. And then the, and the computer's like, sounds like a plan, daddy-o. Sounds really sweet. <laughs> You sure know how to sweet talk the girls. He's like, yeah, I sure do. I say that to all the ladies. And then the <laughs> next bit of dialogue is this fucking woman that he's talking, that, that just starts talking to him. And she says something like, hey, that's really keen the way your computer talks. You ought to teach me how to, how to jibe with it someday. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> fucking God. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it sounds really good. Better to have a sweet contralto than a cold robot voice. And it's like, <laughs> fuck you, Robert Heinlein. Fuck you. Who the fuck talks like that? And if that's how people talk like in your future, you really are one of the most like you, you portray one of the most ghastly fucking (laughs) potential futures that that there could be. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I seem to recall there being like, you know, like Grok, of course, comes from fucking stranger in a strange land. I don't quite Grok that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I seem to recall, like I said, it's been 20 years since I've read anything by Hanglin. I seem to recall a similar sort of like grading, dialogue style in those books in in that book and in starship troopers maybe not so much Starship. it's been a long time since i read that but it's just like fuck fuck you robert highland fuck <laughs> fuck you fuck you jesus christ fuck you robert highland and 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 fuck you james joyce <laughs> yeah, that's a powerful fucking thesis for this episode right Fuck you, Robert Heinlein. Fuck you, Jesus Christ. And fuck you, James Joyce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to stand on that. All right. Um, so so th- we got that off the plate. What else? Yeah, we got. Well, so the the last thing I wanted to address before um, before we jump into the episode this week is, A, I, I just got a text from my mom asking where her Kill Surf City 7-inch is. Um, Tell her it's up her ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am going to text my mom back that it's up her ass. Um, a lot of people have been asking me that, um, James at the label shipped out as far as I know, the vast majority of them. So if you're a listener who, uh, who ordered one a while back, it should be coming your way. It's just that the USPS is sometimes, um, it's taking like a month for shit to travel like one city away. Oh, for Um, real. Yeah. Everything is fucked right now. Yeah. I've got a bunch of orders in my Google, like in my, in my Gmail, but like, Hey, your order shipped, your order shipped, your order shipped. And they're all like fucking six weeks old. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you, if you are, I know a fair amount of listeners of the show ordered one of those. Um, if you did, it's, I assure you it is in the mail. It's, uh, it's simply that the USPS is just completely fucked right now. Um, and then other than that, uh, you know, I, I added a little preface uh, to last week's episode to provide some more context for the episode. Um, and in it, I briefly mentioned I had deleted my Twitter. Um, I, I am kind of, um, if the, for the most part, I'm, I'm, staying out of the loop of what's what's going on since I've left. Oh, see, um, I was going to ask you, are you holding true? Uh, are you still uh, Twitter straight edge? Yeah, no, I, I, I delete. I, I didn't just delete the app. I deleted my account. Oh, there you go. You took yeah. the final step. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm off there entirely. Um, but I've gotten a couple a couple highlights from people. 
that uh, sent just a few things my way because there is a, there's a contingent of like mentally unwell uh, losers on there who like rejoiced in my absence, right? Yeah, people that I don't know at all. Um, but one of them uh, f- essentially discovered the this deep state conspiracy about me and that I'm actually an industry plant um, who has appeared on Ellen. Um, okay, I like that. Yeah, uh, and I heard she's an absolutely fucking an insufferable tyrant. I, I, have, I have heard the same thing. There's been a lot of news about her that's come to light as of late um, that has revealed her to be, um, well, less than the effusive, jovial uh, person that she presents publicly. And uh, so one of the screenshots, again, many of our listeners are aware of this. I posted it in the Facebook group and, and some people know, but years ago, um, well, this fi- five years ago this month, in fact, maybe even today, I'll have to check. It might be like today or tomorrow, but five years ago, basically this week, uh, the episode of Patty's Page that we were on debuted. And if you're not familiar with that, that is a local public access show that we essentially connived our way onto by sending an email stating that we were a Christian rock band called Burlap because we are genuine fans of this public access show. Like it's, I, I, I genuinely, sincerely fucking love it. Yeah, we, Pat- we, yeah. And and Patty, the hostess, is uh, a, a wonderful woman who we love a lot. So um, so we should we should say we did connive our way on, but that's only after like two years of me emailing her to see right. if we could get our band or one of our bands on the fucking show. Right, exactly. And my my email address is not, you know, I've had it for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not in any way a sensible email address <laughs> no, for it's an not. adult to have. Right. Um. But that's fine. I think, you know, I, I use my professional email address for work and everything else is my other email address, right? Right. And and she never, ever replied. And I, I mean, I would email her like a couple times, you know, I, I probably emailed her like five times over two years. Right. You know, because we would, you know, we'd watch Patty's page because it was real life Tim and Eric. Yep. Um, we genuinely liked it. Um, and be, not for the right reasons, right? But we generally liked it. It was like the Savengibles. We I was about to say it was Savengibles, basically. Right. right? And yeah. um, she never replied. And then you and I were watching one night, and there was a band on, some Christian band, and we finally put two and two together. And I was like, oh, wait a second. I know why she's not replying. It's because of the name of the band, and it's probably because of the email, the email address. Right. And you immediately hit her up. We cited the name of the band we were watching on her show was called Filthy Rags. Yeah. Who still play and we have yet to see, right? Yeah. And it was like a dude playing guitar um, in a most shitty fashion, um, <laughs> a woman singing with a tambourine, and then a dude that just sat in a box and like tapped the box. Right. Right. And it was like a church group band. And the name was Filthy Rags. And we decided to email her and you emailed her with your email, which had your name. Mm-hmm. And we named the band Burlap. Yes. And after two years of not hearing anything through my email, we heard back from her in 10 minutes. It was like 11, <laughs> it was like 1130 or 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, it was indeed. Yeah. We were sitting on the couch at me and Brandon and Colin's old house, I think. No, we were, we were sitting at the house at, at, at the Harrison oh, house. Were we at Harrison house? Oh, okay. Yes. okay. And, um, she emailed you back right away. Now as a band, Burlap is not real. That's right. And not a, not a single note of music exists written by the Christian rock band Burlap. Mm-hmm. But without any 
any pretense of any any verification that we're real, <laughs> she immediately said, yes, how about this date? Yes. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we went on her show. Um, you ate a bunch of hash browns. Yeah. I ate probably eight donuts. I took a dozen donuts down into the studio. I ate probably seven or eight of them. At one point, like two-thirds of the way through, I shove an entire, like half of a donut in one bite, more than half of a donut in my mouth. Yes, and it makes, and it makes that sound. Yes, and <laughs> and I actually did that. Um, the donut eating bit was there just as like, you know, as, as sort of like a stupid gag. But right. that was actually me genuinely eating a donut that, at that point. Yes, it was. I just ate two-thirds of a donut in one bite. Mm-hmm. There it was one of those soft glazed ones that went right down the gullet. Um, and I thought that the camera was on you. And as soon as I shove the donut in my mouth, I look and I see that it ac- it's actually the camera that's on all three of us. And yeah. I kind of grin and try not to laugh. And then I spend the next like five minutes trying to discreetly wipe glazing and, and like off my face and off my fucking fingers. And yeah. like and like trying to discreetly clear my throat after like like a fucking wide mouth catfish. I just like eating a duckling. I just gobbled down an entire fucking donut. Yeah, and and the sound it makes is like, and it is like a a verbal period on the end of what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I rewatched it recently, and I I say the phrase "we're multi talented," and the minute that my mouth stops moving, you hear, you audibly can hear, <laughs> and hear like a full on cartoon chomp yeah. as you. <laughs> Put that entire donut into your mouth. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in watching the video, you can just uh, YouTube Patty's page burlap. Um, I think I think it was our friend Matt from Toledo um, who hit me up and and said that I, I I don't know if he'd ever seen it before. It might have been somebody else who hit me up, but said that us eating food on set was genuinely demented. They said they've <laughs> never seen anything more genuinely demented than that. Yeah. Patty <laughs> that, didn't, Patty didn't partake. We offered her some. We did, yes. Um, so, but but yeah. So the the Twitterati got a hold of uh, a screenshot of me on there and have decided that it was me on Ellen, and they are incensed about it. Okay, yeah, okay. So, I mean, that's uh, let let them think what they're going to think, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would um, I, I would love nothing more than to have insane untrue rumors about me. Yeah, uh, just kind of circulating out there. And and I should say too that we really really reined it in with patty oh yeah because going in we had we had a lot our plan was much more just sheerly malicious (laughs) yeah Uh, yes it was yeah and then once we met her and we realized we can't we can't do this to this nice old lady Um, right we we absolutely cannot do this to her (laughs) yeah Um, we toned it down quite a bit we did, yes. Um, initially, we were supposed to. She wanted us on for a full hour, like yeah. a half hour interview, and then a half hour live set. And the live set was, we were going to have a brief, like when we played, have a brief band meeting just before we played, and then be like, "Hey, uh, we decided not to go to the Christian Rock thing because it just wasn't working for us. Um, we're changing the name, and then we we're gonna just gonna play the most fucking like, like destructive fucking punk set that we, like like punk set that we've played, right." Um, and then once we met Patty, we're like, we, we can't do this to her. We can't, we cannot cause this much of a problem for this woman. Yeah. She's way too sweet. And she's, she still asked us to come back and perform. 
I think I think that ship has sailed. I think that uh, we'd have to we'd have to come up with a new um, a new approach. I would love to get back on there because she's still doing the show. She was even doing it from quarantine. Yeah. She, she's doing like straight up like Zoom meetings or uh, Skype or whatever and doing Patty's page from home. The woman, if, if nothing else, the woman is 100% legitimately dedicated to her craft. And yeah. this is her passion. Yeah. Um, and I she's, think I think it became very apparent when we met her that that was the case. And that was definitely one of the things that deterred us from really leaning into yeah. our initial plan. You know? Yeah. She's the Tony Erba of shitty local public public broadcast television <laughs> in the sense that she's incredibly prolific and very dedicated yes yeah i, I, I could see that for sure right. yeah so uh on that note let's say we get into uh into some music this week okay let's uh let's see what we got in the queue we got some returns we got some new joints um so first up in the queue we have got old ghosts with their record crow this was sent to us a few weeks ago. Initially, when they sent it over, it was not out yet. Um, I think two singles from it are now out, and the record itself is maybe up for like pre-order. This is a band from Buffalo that uh, I, I didn't realize at the time when they sent it in. Um, features members of Dead Hearts and Rust Belt Lights. Um, Rust Belt Lights actually played a show that I helped book um, shit. 10 plus years ago now there was a, a short-lived spot in fort wayne um there's a comic book store called dcbs which if you if you're actually into comics you're probably aware of the name because they're one of the biggest mail order comic book distributors in the world um and myself and a bunch of my degenerate friends worked there for a time right out of high school but as they were transitioning buildings the they had the lease on their old spot um for an, an additional like eight months or something. And uh, somehow my friends convinced them to let us just use it as a venue. So we booked like an outbreak show there. We booked like a steel nation show there, a forfeit show there. Um, and then uh, yeah, this band Rust Belt, Rust Belt lights played one of the shows. I remember in my, in my brain that kind of sounded like uh like lifetime or like hot water musicy kind of stuff with maybe a little bit more of a hardcore edge to him. And I liked him a lot, but I was also like 18 or 19. Uh, it's not, it's not a, uh, a name I've seen in a long time. And dead hearts was kind of a, a, a melodic hardcore band that existed around the same time that I think maybe shared some members. So those are, yeah, two, two names that were a, a blast from the far reaches of my past. Then next up, we have got Tsunami with their self-titled 7-inch that just came out. Tsunami is a name that uh, is familiar to most young hardcore people that exist on the internet in some way. They are a Bay Area kind of joke beatdown band that I happen to think just um, is genuinely really good. The, the riffs are a cut above. Um, they're a lot of fun. They have uh, a sort of wink and nudge delivery to this stuff. Um, their catchphrase is you're a bitch with your spelled Y-O-U-R, purposely spelled wrong. So they're kind of leaning into the caveman beatdown thing uh, knowingly, and it works very well for me. This is their newest 7-inch. Then we have got Total Meltdown, which is a return from last week. This is a Brooklyn, New York band, hardcore band that said they're bringing back the, the 90s sound of bands like Burn. Um, they self-submitted, and if we get around to them, they sent us a, a little email that sort of tells us what they're about that, I will, uh, that I'll read for, for all the listeners. Then we have got Speed. This is a new Australian band. Um, this is coming out via Flat Spot Records, which is a Baltimore, Maryland-based label that puts out a lot of sort of I don't know, heavier, bouncier stuff. Um, this was sent in by our Australian correspondent, Tully, um, who plays in histamine. And uh, he said it's it's 
it is kind of bouncy, jump the fuck up hardcore in the vein of Trapped Under Ice. Then we have got Heartfelt. Heartfelt, this is an, uh, another return. They uh, self-submitted this. This features a couple guys who played in a uh, as fill-ins in the band Porcupine, who we had on the show, I want to say, last week or the week before. They are a Chicago-based post-hardcore band. Then we have got Last Gasp with Second Wave. I hate saying that name, Last Gasp. It, it yeah. trips me up every time. Um, this is a Cleveland, Ohio hardcore band who we had on the show before when they initially re- uh, released their demo back in February. The lineup has changed a little bit. This orig- originally featured a member of the band, uh, Committed, who anybody familiar with Cleveland hardcore history will know is kind of a, a semi-legendary, short-lived uh, straight-edge band from Cleveland. Um, that dude is uh, is out of the band now. So now it just features uh, the, the other four members, um, and uh, George, who I'm homies with in this band, he plays drums in this band, sent this over to me. Uh, I believe all of the proceeds for the digital sales were going to like a, a charity too. So uh, if uh, if we end up playing them, and yet, even if if even if we don't end up playing them, go check it out. Maybe buy the buy the uh, EP. It's like four songs for five bucks, and I think the money goes to a good cause. Then we have got Class Tourist with Narcissist. Speaking of our, our Australian correspondent, Tully, this is a solo project that he's done. Um, just sort of a lot of people are recording stuff at home during the uh, the time of social distancing, This uh, the quarantine that we have going on. He released this at the beginning of last month. He sent me like a rough demo of one of the songs when he first started working on the project because I was working on a similar thing and we were kind of just shooting the shit about it. Um, the early demo I heard of the song sounded really good. I have been waiting to listen to the entire EP because I knew he had sent it into the show. So hopefully we land on this because I really want to hear this stuff. Then we have got Blood Trust with their demo. This is a Chicago, Illinois band. Uh, I'm not sure if a member of the band sent this in or not. It was dropped in the uh, in the thread via the Demo Listen Facebook group. So I don't really know anything about this other than that it's evidently uh, hardcore punk from Chicago. Then we have got uh, Concrete Elite with Absolute Guard. This is uh, like an oi-infused hardcore band from Austin, Texas. Um, Five-song EP that just came out maybe a month or two ago, I want to say. No, I think this maybe came out in February. Yeah, February. Um, And then last up, we have got Urban Void with their demo. This was submitted by a member of the band also in the Facebook group. Said it is a a collaborative international project. It's uh, coming out via uh, SFR Hardcore, which is a label based out of Berlin. I'm not sure where the member who submitted this is based out of, but uh, looks like um, it was mastered by Will Killingsworth. So at least there's a common recurring theme there. This came out in February of this year. So uh, let's roll the dice and see what's up first. All righty. Seven. Okay. One, two, it's 10, nine, eight, seven. All right, cool. Well, seven is Class Tourist uh, with uh, Narcissist. The Bandcamp is classtourist.bandcamp.com. This is based out of Sydney, Australia. I'm not sure if Tully is going to do anything with this um, as far as playing live shows or doing a full band lineup or what. Um, but let's just, uh, let's just jump right into it. We're going to listen to the self-titled track off this. So we're going to hear class tourist by the band class tourist off of their first demo narcissist.
All right, we just heard the song Class Tourist by Class Tourist off of their first EP, Narcissist. Nate? That was, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I dug that. It's a nice little side solo project um, to just sort of pass the time and hope you don't die while you're doing so. Right. Um, I like the tone of guitar. Um, I like the chorus effect on it, popular right now. And it was kind of big and roomy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, which I kind of like, but it also sort of like, in some ways, overpowered everything else. I really felt like the boat, like the like the vocals could have been brought up a little bit. I, I like I like vocals that are buried evenly in the mix and don't necessarily sit right up on top. But um, I could barely hear those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I uh, it's it's rare that you'll hear me asking for uh, for vocals to be bumped up in the mix, but I do think this is an instance where they were a little bit too buried. They were kind of like barely there. Yeah, I mean, depending on what you're listening to the music on, you might not even hear them at all. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that said, I did really like that a whole lot, um, especially for a first effort and something that you're just is sort of just like a one-off home recording project. Yeah. Um, the quality of that is 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 pretty high. I mean, it's it's better than uh, a lot of bands that attempt to do the exact same thing and that presumably take a lot more time in terms of. Uh, you know, attempting to, to craft a finished pro- pro- product mm-hmm. um, for this just being sort of a one-off thing that you decided to do on a whim. Rather impressive. That was, uh, that was really good. I like that quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good topic for the song too. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically just uh, once again, a, a tried and true sort of theme is uh, shitting on the false. Right. Um, and uh, that's pretty much what that does. It kind of reminds me, I saw a video clip when everybody was acting like they gave a shit about what was going on with, you know, between like rioting and um, um, the pandemic, I saw some clip of some woman like acting like she was helping to board up a shop Mm -hmm. and someone was filming this. Right. And like, obviously everybody's on camera. So she's acting like she was helping to board up a shop. And then as soon as like the photos were taken by her husband or whatever, she like took off her fucking mask and like, Hey, thanks a lot. And got into like a Mercedes or something and drove away. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. That's and like, like the workers that are actually boarding up the shop and like, you know, doing whatever, fixing up this, this shop that had been like looted and smashed are just sort of like standing there holding their fucking dicks. Like, I, I don't understand what they were expecting. Some random fucking woman and gets out of a Mercedes in a bunch of fu- in, in like fancy clothes and then walks up and says, Hey, can I help you? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like going on missions trips so you can get like, uh, you know, a new Facebook profile picture with all like the starving black children. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's definitely a phenomenon. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for sure. That's uh man, that's what a, what a bleak but profoundly hilarious snapshot of this moment that is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, not much else to say about this. I, you know, it had a good. There's a lot of there's a lot of post punk sort of stuff that's coming out that sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I think you and I over the course of the past forty some episodes have decided we like. For sure. Yeah, this is good. I mean, it's it, it takes cues from uh, takes cues from like crisis and stuff like that. But on the same token, I actually hear a lot of the uh, I, I hear a lot of post punk era blitz in this. I hear yes. a lot of like Second Empire Justice in this, which would make sense because I know Tully is a big fan of that record. Um, I, I hope you do more with this. I want to listen to the rest of this release. This is right up my alley. Uh, you know, I enjoy it a lot. If uh, if you decide to lean into this and make it sort of a genuine, legit project project that you do um 
yeah, maybe bring those vocals up a little bit. That's, that would really be my only suggestion. But other than that, I like this. I got nothing bad to say about it. Very solid first effort. Stoked to hear more. Yeah. On that note, let's uh, roll the dice and see what's up next. And I, I will say, though, too, like uh, Australia, man, they're they're always holding it down. Yeah, they are. And there's a lot of there's a lot of this sort of stuff that's coming out of Australia. That's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, next up is one. OK, one is Old Ghosts. The band camp is old hyphen ghosts The album is Crow. Looks like there are only two songs available from this right now. And the one that they have queued up to play is Lead Lead Sinks. Um, So let's listen to that one. So we're going to listen to Lead Sinks by Old Ghosts off of their record Crow. heard the song lead sinks by the band old ghosts off of their record crow so as i mentioned when i was doing the queue uh this is a band from buffalo new york that features members of dead hearts and rust belt lights if you are familiar with either of those bands um you will know that this is basically the exact middle ground between those two bands i mentioned that dead hearts was kind of a melodic hardcore band i mentioned that rust belt lights was taking cues from bands like lifetime uh this is the exact middle part of or middle point of those two worlds because that chorus, um, like the chord progression on that chorus, sounded basically exactly like a lifetime song. Um, and then the 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 meat of the song, I guess, the verse was more your just typical um, mid tempo melodic hardcore fare. So. In the email that was sent over, this was sent over by their vocalist, Derek, um, the, the title of the email is, 
you probably won't be feeling this. <laughs> and, oh. uh, and he, and he says that, uh, you know, in the, in the body of the email, you know, like you said, in the subject, you probably won't dig this, but some of his favorite moments are when we rag on stuff on the podcast and, uh, and says that he often, when he's feeling shitty, goes back and listens to uh, Nate's description of with war to lighten his mood. <laughs> uh, so, so we're, well, I'm glad we could provide you that, that, that bit of levity. Um, that said, I, I would say your prediction about our feelings on this. I'm not going to speak for Nate on this uh, yet, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't really feeling this. Um, but you probably won't get the same level of enjoyment that you do when we go in on something either because I don't have a lot of terrible things to say about this. It just straight up isn't my lane. I mean, it was executed fine. As I said, it is the logical meeting point between Dead Hearts and Rust Belt Lights. Um, if you're looking to combine those two worlds, this is about as efficient a job as one could hope to do of it. Um, it sounds, I mean, it kind of sounds like this was uh, taken from a time capsule from 2008. This is definitely not a style of melodic hardcore that is in vogue right now. It was barely in vogue then. It had a, it had a, a very brief moment um, where a lot of kids in cutoff khaki shorts and black vans old school were uh, getting down to this kind of stuff. Um, even then, it wasn't really my jam. Uh, I liked a few bands that sort of fell in that world, uh, you know, Sinking Ships, uh, Go It Alone, stuff like that, the cream of the crop. Um, I was never a huge Dead Hearts fan. Uh, didn't, didn't mind them, you know what I mean, but never a huge fan. If you like either of the aforementioned bands, you might very well like this. Not really for me. But beyond that, I don't really have anything terrible to say about it. I just uh, this just straight up isn't music that that appeals to me. Yeah, and so this doesn't appeal to me either. There's a reason why I've never heard of Dead Hearts or Rust Belt Lights, right? Um, and that's because I didn't probably would have liked what they were doing either. I don't generally like hardcore like this. Sure. And part of me, like you know, I'm I, I, despite all the d despite of the enormous amount of gatekeeping that you and I do occasionally, yeah. um, I, I don't like to be the gatekeeper of what is hardcore. Um, uh -huh. except I think there are a few occasions where I can, we can all definitely agree that certain things aren't hardcore. Right. Right. Yes. Um, um, if there is, uh, one 256th of your, of your, uh, if one 256th of your, uh, product is based in new metal, that's not mm -hmm. hardcore. Fuck you. That's <laughs> yeah, metal, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, fortunately, there's no new metal in this. Right. Uh, far from it. But this is, I don't know. It's rooted in, again, without being, I guess, overly sort of like posy and optimistic. At the same time, the, 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 the tone of the, the, the tenor of the song and the theme of the lyrics is just a little too. I don't know, uh, aspiring to be inspirational. Sure. Right. If that's, if that's the way to put it, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a common thread in, in music like this for sure. Right, right, right. And that always turns me off. Um, I, I don't like to be inspirational. Um, I like to be, uh, uh, um, demotivational. <laughs> yes. Um, demotivational, I would say, um, um, uh, chiding and acerbic. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I, I've said it multiple times. It, 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 that sentiment does not sit well with me. Right. Right. Um, because when I listen to aggressive music, I'm not listening to aggressive music to like be lifted up and raised up. Right. Um, I'm listening to it to vent. 
um, which just so happens that I always need to vent. Um, I, for instance, uh, I'll get back to these guys in a minute, but I got caught fucking um, moshing uh, to uh, Just Like You by Rollins Band the other day at work. Um, <laughs> was listening to it while I was cleaning out the barn, and that track is so fucking vicious. Yeah, um, I mean, The End of Silence is such a good fucking record at the, begin- at the beginning. I mean, with low self-opinion, and I mean, every track is pretty good. But man, the way it goes out on Just Like You... I, I wanted to burn down the barn as I was cleaning <laughs> it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I forgot that a contractor was coming to begin some work that I uh, needed to get done on one of the, uh, some of the property that I managed. And yeah. uh, I turned around and there is old boy standing there in the doorway. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. And, and you feel that, you feel that deep sinking shame <laughs> that um, the shame that you feel when anybody gets even a glimpse of who you actually are. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Anybody, no matter how close they are, the shame you feel when they get to look in through the window and see you at your most unguarded. Um, yes. And uh, I didn't know what to do. So I just acted like everything was fucking normal. And uh, <laughs> after he left, I was like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and I spent the rest of the day replaying that in my head over and over and over again. Yeah. Um. So that's, you know, uh, to get back to, to old ghosts. Um. No, I didn't like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking, I'd be damned if I let anybody catch me listening to that um, <laughs> like work because, uh, they might, they might see that and be like, you know, well, there's, you know, there's a guy that likes shitty music. <laughs> right. And, and we've talked about this before, um, in the sense that if, if you played this next to Pantera, next to negative approach for the uninitiated, um, they wouldn't know the fucking difference. Not right? at all. They, they would think it's the same band. But I, but I, I have the exact same thought process where, like, if somebody put this in, and we we touched on it in the last episode, uh, or maybe two episodes ago, I can't remember. But you know, if if I got in your car and you were playing this loud and proud, I would roll the windows. Up, yeah, right? it was, as, if, as if the people on the street are judging me for listening to this as opposed to like an FU's record. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like exactly. And then and then also there's like a level of like almost like indignation and sort of like but this is the FU's. I, I wasn't listening to something dumb. You know what I right, mean? Right, like, right, like right. this is clearly fucking good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, and, and and this, you know, obviously, so this is a sort of stuff too, um, that it's the sort of like mid-tempo, I wouldn't say, you know, it says fast hardcore, that wasn't very fast. It's no. that mid-tempo um, motivational sort of sound that uh, you get dudes that have been around the minute, like coming back around too, right? Mm-hmm. These dudes, ob- I mean, the production on that um, was really good. Right. Um, frankly a little too good for my taste um i like more dirt and filth um but that doesn't really work with this sort of music as well sure um and obviously it was like well thought out and well composed right right um so obviously these guys know what they're doing this isn't their first go around but it's that it's that theme of like returning back to i I don't know like it's almost like old guys can't can't help themselves. And I don't know how old these guys are. There's a picture of the guy. Um, uh, they're probably around my age, maybe a little bit older. Yeah. It's, it's just 30s, a lot of times know? it's just like what a lot of like, like veterans, I guess, um, that realize that, uh, you know, living, 
living as a 22-year-old punk is certainly not a sustainable lifestyle beyond a certain age. Right. Um, they, they kind of return to this sort of sound. Sure. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It never does anything for me. Um, nah, me neither. Um, even even I th- if I can't live as a self-destructive fucking 22-year-old punk, I, I sure as hell want to act like it. You know what I mean? For I sure. want to feel like it. And um, I don't want to think about being responsible. Yeah, man. I, you know, to me, this is this is tight black T-shirt music. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, yeah. um, I, I will say, I think in terms of serving a practical purpose in the broader scope of hardcore, it's this is good gateway music for people maybe just entering into the genre because it's it's not it's not bubblegummy and bullshit enough to right. really offend my sensibilities. It's just not for me. Yeah. But somebody who maybe is interested into getting into aggressive music music in a in a broader sense, you know, this could be a good gateway to get you into other stuff. Um, so I think it serves a, a you know a good functional purpose in that sense, and uh, for that reason alone, I'm I'm not mad at it. But yeah, it's just I'm not I'm not a tight black T-shirt guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a serious introspective hardcore kind of guy. I either as much much as you nine times out of ten, I either want to feel as if I'm being made fun of for even listening to the record, right? Or uh, I'm being absolutely brutally accosted with the ugliest parts of humanity. Yeah. You know, those are the things that I really, really look for more often than not in hardcore. And and there are plenty of exceptions to that. But uh, speaking broadly, those are the things that appeal to me, especially when I'm listening to newer bands. Um, so, yeah, this just this ain't for me, but I'm not I'm not mad at it. either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's as we say so many times, as we say so often, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine, right? Exactly. It's fine. I, it's not something that I listen to. Obviously, it's something that I would book. Um, mm-hmm. It's that doesn't mean that I, I would probably watch the door. You know what I mean? Right. Um, while that while it's going on, there's parts of it I like, but it, it's it's fine. A bit of it, and, and you know, we obviously we listen to one fucking song, sure. but um, a bit of it just, I don't know. Like I said, it just aspires to be inspirational, and, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like music that necessarily aspires to be um, uplifting. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. If I you land it. on it, that's fine, right? Right. Yeah. If you land on it, you know, like I was just revisiting that MS Paint yesterday, because uh, yeah. it's like the perfect time of year to fucking blast that, and um, you know, it lands on being uplifting for me, but um, I don't like it when things set out to be. Um, yeah. Because then it just it, it just seems like, you know, somebody at the fucking lectern. For sure, right? I don't. I, I at least at this point in time, um, I, I don't need to feel uh, preached to by my hardcore. No, nope. I, I don't need to feel as if I'm getting a Sunday sermon. I, I want to feel like a fucking worm underneath the boot of hardcore. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Um, yo, so, so you mentioning getting walked in on moshing mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, the deep shame that you felt it mixed with the fact that I've been having a lot of dreams about, uh, just like my grandparents' house and my grandparents in general, because, you know, my grandpa passed a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been pretty, pretty at the, at the forefront of my subconscious. Um, it immediately triggered the memory that I think is worth sharing here of my grandma, the time that my grandma walked in on me beating off mm. on her couch. Yeah. 
because we you, you talked about how you kind of just you acted as if nothing had happened. Everything was a okay and kosher. Right. This this other this adult man had not just seen another adult man who he was there to do professional business with, um, doing dumb moves to Rollins Band in a bar. I had a similar response when this occurred to me. I I, I was probably fourteen maybe 13. So at the time of your life when you've just discovered beating off and you do it at every possible turn, uh, it becomes, at least for me, it became a compulsion. Um, and I had no real ability as a young 14-year-old, aka a sociopath, to discern when was really the appropriate time to beat off. And I would beat off in, in, in increasingly risky scenarios. And this particular time, I was on the couch in my grandparents' house, which is a, 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 a humble, uh, one-story ranch-style home in which the couch is in view of the hallway that leads down to my grandparents' room. You can almost see it from the position of the couch. Um, and so they had Skinamax at the time, so there was some softcore porn that was available sure. to me. And I was sleeping in just my underwear anyway because it was the middle of summer, so I didn't have a blanket or anything on hand. Um, and there was no AC in the house or anything like that. So I was just at, at this point, just beating off fully in the nude, um, with, with nothing to cover me, even if I wanted to. And it was like 3am. And at that point, I guess I underestimated the, uh, sort of unpredictable and sporadic nature of old people's sleep schedules. Um, and you could, the, the house is carpeted, so you couldn't hear anybody walking down the halls or anything. Um, and my grandma is a, is a very fleet of, very, very fleet of foot, evidently Elvin. Um, so she stepped softly, she shadow stepped her way down the hall <laughs> and uh, emerged to me, you know, fully in the act of, of, of beating off essentially. But I, I perceived her, I think maybe a split second before she perceived me. But because I had nothing to cover myself with, I didn't know what to do. I only basically had time to flip the channel from the pornography and could only think to play possum um, and pretend that I was asleep. But unfortunately, the glow of the body or of the glow of the te television was illuminating my pubescent body, which was fully erect now, laying on my back. So I'm flying at full mast, completely fucking naked, just pretending to be asleep. And I, and I heard my grandmother gasp, audibly gasp, <laughs> and go, oh! Um, and kind of pose a question to me from the shadows as she had retreat, retreated into them. And I had to just kind of go, oh, what? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm asleep. Um, and we never spoke of that moment ever again. Nor should you. Ever nor, again. Should, nor, nor should we ever again. But I just remember laying there mortified, knowing that I would have to wake up and, and have breakfast with her, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and hoping to God <laughs> that it didn't come up because my grandma, you know, she's a, a very sweet woman. She's a simple woman, uh, with not a lot of tact and it wouldn't have been beyond her to maybe broach the subject. Um, but thank God that she didn't. And, uh, we never, we never spoke of it. And, uh, I hope that we both go to our graves, never speaking of it. I hope that she's forgotten about it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, you moshing to Rollins and the, just uh, all of those things that triggered that memory in me and, and reminded me of the fact that, yes, it is the, the, shame, the shame felt when somebody truly, <laughs> truly gazes in through that window um, is 
really it's unmatched. So on that note, on that story about beating off in front of my grandma, I guess let's move on from old ghosts. My grandmother could sniff out the uh, porn that I had squirreled away in the house um, like a fucking truffle pig. (laughs) It didn't matter matter where I hid it, she would find it. And the only thing she ever said was, and it happened, it would happen, you know, I don't know when I was 12, for instance, you know, I, I got a paper out, I had a paper out for like three or four years. And, uh, there were certain customers that never got an, a single issue of playboy in the, in the three or four years <laughs> that I was their paper boy. Right. Because right. The, the mail would just be left out. There it is. Yoink. Right. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like, I'm talking like, you know, some fucking like, some like King Tut's tomb hiding, <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. Putting shit out of her reach. My grandmother was, you know, five feet, nothing, right? Putting shit out of her reach at the top of cupboards in a cubby hole up over the back of the cupboard. Um, one time I put a, a Playboy magazine that had Charlize Theron in it um, underneath a 400 pound oak <laughs> table. In the like underneath the rug that the table sat on, in the middle of the fucking rug, not on the right. edge, in the middle of the fucking rug, and she found it. <laughs> right? Yeah. In the basement, squirreled away in the rafters, anywhere I could, and every single fucking time, every single fucking time, right? I would just come home. There it was, sitting on the coffee table, and she say, "I found your magazine." <laughs> And that was that was all that was ever said about it. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. That that reminds me of when I I so we, my friend and I, my friend Nate and I, a different a different Nate to to all listeners. Um, when we were probably eighteen, we would go to Steak and Shake just because it was open all night long, and uh, just drink coffee there. And for whatever reason, just in our eighteen year old brains, uh, he thought it would be funny to stand on the toilet seat in the steak and shake bathroom and just open up the ceiling tile. Like, well, what, what could be in the ceiling tile? Right. Well, well, what was in the ceiling tile was a, a printed out cause mind you, this is probably 13 years ago. Now a printed out picture, low res picture of a woman in a, a bodybuilder woman in a very revealing American flag bikini. And one DVD copy of a, an adult film starring uh, Bridget the Midget. <laughs> and so he was like, holy shit, look what I just found in the fucking ceiling. Like, what are the fucking odds that you find anything, let alone those two things? So obviously he fucking takes them. And we take them back to his parents' house where he was living at the time. And uh, we left the, we didn't watch the DVD actually. Um, we got on to something else and we we're talking about shit and we just kind of let it sit there. Um, and I was asleep on his couch and his mom woke up and discovered the DVD on the dining room table and immediately awoke me, frantically grilling me about why we were watching a, you know, a porn starring Bridge the Midget. And I had to explain to her with a straight face that, Oh no, we didn't watch that, nor did we even acquire it by by you know on purpose. I know this sounds crazy, but we actually found it in the ceiling of steak and shake. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which like it's you know especially to like a fucking 40 year old woman who's grilling the 17 18 year old kid sounds like the most unbelievable load of bullshit that you could ever concoct yeah and i was like look i know this sounds insane i know it sounds like i'm making this up but like nate literally just looked in the ceiling she was like well why the hell would he be looking in the ceiling and i'm like i don't know i just we just thought it was funny we just thought it would be funny to look in the ceiling and they were up there we didn't even watch it um, so to this day, that woman still thinks that me and her son were sharing a wank session over a Bridget the Midget movie. You know what, fuck her. Let her think whichever she fucking likes. Right? <laughs> Indeed. If you ever Indeed. see her again, hey, remember that time that uh, me and your boy were jacking off to that midget? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I will say that to her. <laughs> Just like paint paint pictures in her mind. Re- re- gaslight her into thinking that something else happened. Like she walked down and be like, yeah, and you fucking stood in the doorway and watched us for like two minutes, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> I saw yeah. you, right? Yeah, for sure. Fire back at her. Yeah, yeah. Make her feel shame. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's roll the dice and see what's up next. We've only gotten through two bands so far. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, three. Okay, three is Speed. So that's uh, that's two Australian bands that we got tonight so far. So uh, the Bandcamp is flatspotrecords.bandcamp.com. And I believe this is the newest release on there, so it should be right up towards the top. It is a two-song release, and only one of them is available, so that makes our choice very easy. Um, a Dumb Dog Gets Flogged is the name of the song. So we are going to listen to A Dumb Dog a dumb dog Gets Flogged by Speed off of their uh, debut 7-inch.
All right, we just heard the song A Dumb Dog Gets Flogged by Speed off of 2020 Flex. Nate? Well, I guess they would fucking know what it's like to get fucking flogged because that was incredibly fucking dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, come on, guys. Come on. Right? It's it's such a fucking shame that this is a pestilence that is spread worldwide. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel bad for uh, Australia. They they appear, Apparently, they too have to contend with uh, uh, what can only be a bunch of weaklings flexing. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Come on. There's a line in there, real men don't play pretend. They also don't listen to goofy shit like this. This, as I've said before, is what little, pe- little tiny baby boys listen to. Right? This is what little baby boys do listen to when they feel the need to, uh, you know, Talk about how tough and how hard they really are. Because believe me, a real fucking man don't feel the need to talk about how tough or how hard he really is. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, it's little baby boy stuff, and that's fine. If, especially if it's all you know, there's there's always a bit of tongue in cheek to it. But this shit just always fucking. I, I I'm not an idiot, so mm-hmm. I don't like shit that's written for idiots. <laughs> right. The artwork on this is so fucking low effort as to be laughable. Um, the the speed logo looks like shit. Um, I I can't imagine. Um, I just can't imagine like a shittier fucking uh, layout for for a, a demo at at twenty twenty flex. Mm-hmm. Um, and my God, I hope that's all you put out in twenty twenty. <laughs> So you you disliked that more than more than I thought you would. I didn't expect you to like it, you know, like as I was as I was listening to it. But I didn't expect you to go quite that hard on it. So I I I liked at first. I was like, okay, this might be okay. But then as we got further and further into it, yeah, um, I liked it less and less. And then by the time we got to the end of it, I just even stopped paying attention to it. No, for sure. I that's it's interesting you say that because I kind of had the same thought when it first started. I was like, okay, cool, maybe I I, I might fuck with this. Um, yeah, I mean, there might be some, you know, like the song itself. To me, this this song itself was like a paper tiger of aggression. Sure, we've said it before. There's nothing fucking like hard about stuff like this, right? Right. When you try to come off as fucking hard, right? It just sounds. Um, it sounds uh, incredibly retarded. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so, so I, I totally made this comparison, and when I saw people posting about this, um, I saw it getting this comparison too. And it's on Flat Spot Records out of Baltimore, so evidently, maybe even the po- folks putting this out have have similar feelings. But it, it was getting a lot of comparisons to Trapped Under Ice, and I guess on a surface level, I can definitely hear that, but. Something that a lot of people maybe forget or people who aren't well versed with Trapped Under Ice don't realize is is kind of twofold. One, Trapped Under Ice was catapulted to the heights of popularity that they were, not just because they, they captured a particular moment in the zeitgeist. In fact, they, as I mentioned on a previous episode, they really shifted the zeitgeist in hardcore in that moment. Um, but they did that because the songwriting was really 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 good like undeniably so even if it's not your style if you go back and listen to the first couple uh the first couple tui records and the demo it's undeniably really good it's compelling music the parts are interesting the songs are tightly written 
And I think people, as I've mentioned on a previous episode too, really underestimate Justice as a lyricist. If you go back and listen to the lyrics on those those records, they're not about like being hard. They're about living a hard life. They're about lived experience. But like the lyrics are good. The man is a smart dude, and he's a good writer. And he did what a lot of uh, a lot of like some of the, maybe some of the best rappers do in the sense that they like they do capture something that is very base and very primal, but they do it in a way that feels. Um, I, I guess for lack of a better way to phrase it, like a poetic reading of that situation. <clears throat> and it's and it's filtered through something that makes it feel like there's a little bit more thought behind it and it's not just posturing about how fucking hard and cool you are. And so the, those are two things that I find missing from a lot of bands that I feel walk in the footsteps of bands like Trapped Under Ice or even Crown of Thorns or Next Step Up and the bands that Trapped, Trapped Under Ice were pulling from is uh, <clears throat> that sense of self-awareness, that sense of like introspection and self-reflection is lost and the songwriting is just not up to snuff. So when you fucking combine those things, to me, you just end up with a product that it, it is subpar. Um, you know, it's not, it's not that this style is never appealing to me. It's just that all the right place, pieces have to fall into place for it to be appealing when you when you give me something like this um i'm not mad at it but i instantly forget about it you know i'm i'm never going to revisit this yeah and and we've brought it, i've brought it up i think like some obviously the the first like a lot of a lot, almost every time we've brought this up th- this sort of music up i i dislike it and a right. lot of it is for the same reason it's fucking humorless yeah it's fucking humorless and as you put out pointed out it's not self reflective right you know, there's a like a, a lot of like boasting in rap. I don't mm-hmm. like when it's humorless and lacks like self reflection and is just talking about how hard you are. Sure. Right? Um, that's again, it that's not necessarily. It's just not uh, an intelligent way to represent yourself. Sure. Right. Um, yes, you could talk about hard times that you've been through in in in, in a bit more of a nuanced sort of approach that still sound hard, but just to come out and boast about stupid shit and boast about your, that always turns me off, man. Every, every fucking time. And then when you just put down at the very end of that song, like the obligatory, uh, slow beat down part, come on, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, that end breakdown felt really fucking lazy. It felt really lazy and forced. And it was just, again, it's just a bone that you throw to the, uh, to the uh, children that are watching your show. For sure. And, 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 you know, you said it, uh, you you know, dismissively, I'll reiterate that point in a way that maybe is a little bit less loaded. I, I, you know, I, I think this, this is music for young people. You know what I mean? I'm not even, I'm not even using that as a pejorative. Um, this is music for young people. This is music for, for, uh, for the moshers in the audience. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's totally fine. Like I said, all in all, I find this pretty inoffensive, but, uh, it's also generally pretty dumb and it just doesn't appeal to me. I, I need, if you're going to do this style of music, I need a lot more. I need a lot more songwriting from, from the parties involved. And I didn't really get it here. If this is your style of shit, I'm sure that this appeals to you. If you, if you just like stuff like this on a, in, in a broad sense, like sonically, right. this is your lane. This is well done. Yeah. I'm sure that you'll enjoy it, but I this offers nothing for me. No, it offers nothing. And it offers, I mean, even if it is your shit, it's not, 
what makes this stand out from the next fucking band that sounds exactly like this? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's it, so, yeah, it's not bad, perfectly well executed for what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget that this came out next year. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm not even going to remember that this was a thing. So, right. so, uh, on that note, I, well, well, I will say real quick though, the one exception for this is when Japanese bands do this style of stuff and it's the same, the same sort of lyrical content, but like a lot of Japanese bands, even if they don't speak English well, will insist on writing their lyrics in English. Yeah. And there's a whole wave of like hard, like street bands in Japan with English lyrics that are playing music like this that are so good that are so fucking good like sand and numb and like doggy hoods and stuff i definitely recommend people go check out the japanese sort of jump the fuck up beat down adjacent scene just because a i think the music a lot of the time is just genuinely more interesting and and better written but b like accompanied by the lyrical content it adds a whole nother dimension to it that makes it like supremely fucking enjoyable um, but, uh, yeah, on that note, let's, uh, let's roll the dice and see what's up next. All right. Five. Okay. Five is blood trust. The Bandcamp is bloodtrust.bandcamp.com. As I said, I know virtually nothing about this. It is from Chicago, Illinois. It is described as bubbly Creek hardcore punk. So maybe they're from a suburb of, uh, Chicago, Illinois. All the technical stuff done by Frosty. So shout out to whoever uh, Frosty is. Oh, Frosty plays. Wait, do they have three? They have three bassists on this recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bo, Frosty, and Sal all played bass on this. Okay. Um, so uh, it's just tagged as Chicago punk, hardcore punk, female vocals, which I think we've mentioned in a, in a different episode. I don't really feel like that's a thing that you need to specify. I don't care if it's fronted by a woman or not. Um, let's listen to the song that they want us to hear first, which is Poison. Okay. So we're going to listen to Poison by Blood Trust off of their demo.
Okay, we just heard the song Poison by the band Blood Trust off of their demo that just came out at the end of May. Nate? Uh, that sounds like somebody's first punk band. It does, yes. Um, which I don't, that that's not a fucking, you know, I'm not taking a fucking swipe at anybody with that. Um, because there's there's an, there's an sort of an endearing earnestness to, the, to, to that. Mm-hmm. Um, not terribly interesting. Uh, that riff is like, you know, we said it before, it's kind of like my first punk riff. Right. Um, there was nothing terribly stellar about it, but it didn't terribly suck either. This is uh, this sounds like if this were if this were a local band in Fort Wayne, I'd be stoked, right? Because sure, somebody's sure, yeah, yeah. somebody's out there fucking like doing something that is in my lane, right? Right. Um, even if it's not necessarily like cream of the crop, but this is the sort of thing that like you got to get you, you you gotta you know you get you got to get your feet wet somewhere, right? For sure. Yep. Um, so that's what this sounded like to me. It was perfectly adequate, uh, like n- like nascent um, or naive sort of basement punk or garage punk. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was my initial knee jerk reaction to this was this is this is probably these kids' first band. It feels very young, um, <clears throat> and uh, and and for you know ostensibly a, a first effort really solid um very much just a, a few folks getting their sea legs you know what i mean yeah um learning the form learning how to write and play together as people that's what i hear when i hear this i could be way off maybe these are all 40 year old people and we're dissing them real hard right now but what i hear is is more likely like 17 to 19 year old people that's what um, i hear that yeah i mean that's what it sounds like and um i lost my train of thought on it for a second but um I'll, I'll find it. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it sounds very much like it's it's pulling from um, the sort of lowest common common denominator roots of punk, right? Like yes. you you got a little bit of a sort of like basic D beat in there. Um, it kind of you have like the the semi anthemic chorus in there. You know, it sounds like a mix of of something that could be on Crass Records and maybe something that's a little bit more straight ahead anthemic street punk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sounds like kids with disparate influences trying to get together and make those things work in a cohesive way and uh, and and just form a band and have a good time with it. And to that end, I think it was successful. Yeah, and that's it, there was no pretense to it, right? Right, exactly. There was no pretense. Um, they weren't trying to directly ape anybody. Um, as you said, yep. put it definitely lowest common denom- denominator, sort of punk, hardcore punk. Right. Um, this, this is a sound that, um, you could probably, there were, there were, um, you know, a, in the past 40 years, a million early punk bands have sounded just like this. Sure. Sure. Um, and, and yo, if this is, uh, if this is indeed young kids and it's your first band, you know, my advice to you would be to fucking keep it up. You're yeah, sure. uh, you're on a you're on a good path. I mean, this is entirely passable. There are uh, a, a lot. You could be doing a lot fucking worse than this. You know, the song felt cohesive. You didn't overstay your wel- welcome. One thing a lot of young punk bands do is think they need to write four minute songs, and they got a lot more to say than they do. Um, you got all your songs on here are, are under two minutes long, so you are already on the correct path with that. Um, yeah, just keep it up. You know what I'm saying? I, I think uh, if this is if this is indeed everybody's first effort at a real proper band, you guys have a lot of potential and and, and could go a long way. Um, just keep playing. You know, don't uh, to to quote Ray B's. Don't forget the struggle. Don't forget the streets. Don't sell out. Don't forget the streets of Bubbly Creek. That's right. Um, <laughs> and I, I also I would like to point out on the artwork. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think that's real blood, and that's disappointing. 
<laughs> it, it is, yeah. Next time, use real blood. No, uh, you get a lot more credit if it's real blood, and it's just That's fucking true. cooler, right? And, and real blood is easy to find. You're full of it. Um, <laughs> and like that much fucking blood, right, in a sink for a picture? Yeah. That's not that big of a deal. Nah, nah. You can get that through a, a little cut. Yeah, easily, right? Easily. Yeah. You got the tools. I see a scalpel there. Yeah. Um, easily done. Real blood is super easy to find. It's probably easier to find than fake blood. Cheaper, too. So I would recommend using real blood next time. <laughs> so that's Nate's that's Nate's suggestion. Um, but yeah, on that note, I don't really have anything else to say. Like I said, if this if this is young kids, um, hopefully you're encouraged to uh, to to keep fucking moving forward and 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 keep just practicing your instruments and writing songs. Listen to the records that were inspirational to you. Try to fucking pull out and distill the best parts of those and channel them through your your own voice and. Uh, you know, you'll get there eventually. This is this is was not bad at all. It, it was not painful on my ears. And and we keep in mind we have plenty of full grown fucking adults submitting music to this show that are making absolutely unlistenable bullshit. Right. So the fact that you guys are probably 16, 17, 18 making something that was totally inoffensive to my ears is you you already got a leg up on the vast majority of thirty year old men and women that send shit into this show. So there you go. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh let's roll the dice. One. Okay, one is Tsunami, and uh, the Bandcamp is Tsunami, S-U-N-A-M-I 408.bandcamp.com. Now, Nate, you're not, I don't think you're familiar with Tsunami, right? You've heard me mention them, but I don't think you've actually listened to them. Yeah, you've talked about them before, quite a bit before. Uh, they definitely came up when we had the Hooded Mosher debate. Right, yep. Um, and uh, But I've not listened to them, no. So this is uh, speaking of which, this is some uh, this is some John Mayo artwork. John Mayo does a lot of artwork for hardcore bands now. He did the artwork for the uh, Code of Violence um, uh, EP that we released a few months ago. Um, dude is is getting a lot of work from a lot of different bands, deservedly so. He's got a, his own sort of distinct take on the classic hardcore style. Um, and uh, so if you, if you need any demo artwork done, John Mayo is the man to fucking hit up. I think he's Mayor Mayo on Instagram. Um, you know, as I stated initially, I'm still a big fan of the Hooded Mosher. Um, these Hooded Moshers are beating a policeman, which is very timely. And they uh, it's very it's simultaneously timely and timeless. Um, so the song that they have queued up to play, I believe is feds watching, um, Nate, a lot of people have asked me what you think about tsunami and have been interested to see how you would react to tsunami. So this is the moment that a lot of people have been waiting for. Okay. So we are going to listen to feds watching or feds watching. I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to fuck up the uh, street vernacular employed in that title. So we're going to listen to the typo. I think they meant to put watching. (laughs) So we're going to listen to Feds Watching by Tsunami off of their self-titled 7-inch. Do what it takes, push it to the top, gonna take the crowd and I can't be stopped. You keep trying to take it, the better off dead, cause you're in my sight and I'm coming for your head. Ain't good ass, I just take what I need, can't fucking touch me, like a world full of grey. No time to think, it's do or die, do what I can, to make it out alive. Place with your head. 
We just heard the song Feds Watching by Tsunami off of their self-titled 7-inch. Nate, what's the verdict? Well, I got to say, I really like that a lot. Um, <laughs> that was one of the best things I've heard probably this year. Um, <laughs> I would buy that, but I see that sadly it's all sold out. So uh-huh. unfortunately, that's not something that will reside in my collection. Nevertheless, um, that was really well done. I like the typewriter clicking, uh, triggers on the drums, I'm, I, on, on the bass, I, I, bass drums. I always like bass drums that sound like typewriters. Um, <laughs> and, uh, thematically, I mean, I think you've said that this band is, is kind of a joke. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, thematically, I don't, it really, it really spoke to me. Um, <laughs> some of, some of the best stuff I've heard, um, <laughs> If it is a joke, I can, I can get with that. Um, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't even give a shit if it's a joke, right? This sort <laughs> right. of shit. I, fuck this shit. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a waste of resource. It's a waste of energy. Um, it's just not. I, I, I it's beyond me, right? This right. is where I definitely feel like a grandpa, um, because this shit does not land on me in as, as, as in any way enjoyable. Yeah. That's kind of what I expected. <laughs> that's kind of what I expected your take on this would be. I yeah. mean, there's, there's no reason for anybody with a functioning adult brain to listen to this sort of stuff. <laughs> Joke or not. Right. I mean, it's the same thing as kids bop, like those records where kids would sing popular fucking songs, like pop songs, as right. if the pop song wasn't bad enough already, right? Sure. As if the fucking Katy Perry song or the fucking Pink song isn't bad enough already, then I want to hear kids singing it? I don't fucking think so. Um, so it's the same thing. Is this is this is fucking kids bop, man? Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, like I've said before, um, I like Tsunami a lot. I think it's funny. Um, I, I think that the minute this this loses its self-awareness, it ceases being interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. here's the thing, I guess. And there's, ob- you know, with it being like funny and a joke, that's cool. I'm, I'm all about that. But it better come off in a mocking way. You know what I mean? Like if I saw sure. this band live... I would want to see them instigating the crowd. Right, 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 for sure. I would want to see, like, I would want to just feel like the 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 uh, the the irony and the joke just coming off, dribble, just running off of it, right? Right, um, for sure. That's that's what I want to see, and that would be interesting. That would be funny. Um, 
it unless you know the band because there's a million other bands that sound just like this that are basically saying the exact same thing about you know come and get the crown you're gonna lose and all that sort of shit right that maybe aren't joking i don't know maybe sure. maybe maybe the joke's on me um you know like maybe marauder is is a joke right um maybe maybe all that shit is it, there it's all just one giant joke i don't know um but like it doesn't come across anyway in the delivery in the recording and so without right. telling me that this was a joke i would never know and then i would hate this a million times more sure right 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 yeah that's a, that's a fair point right um this is and and to be frank you know i'm not sure I'm not sure if it's full satire or if it's just sort of like self-aware and having fun with a form that they really like. I think it's more the latter. Yeah. Like they do enjoy this form, but they realize like how inherently self-parodying it is. So they're kind of leaning into it, into trying to be as quote unquote ignorant as possible just for right. the sake of it. You right. know what I mean? That's the vibe that I get from it. That's the vibe I've gotten from it, for, you know, from Jump. Um, especially like the, you know the intentionally misspelled "you're a bitch" being their um, being sort of their their slogan, their unofficial slogan. That right. gives me the impression that there's there's a level of self awareness to this that is missing from most music like this. I also happen to find the uh, I think the production on this I I, I I like a lot. I liked how the demo is produced. I like how the seven inches produced. Um, I think musically it's it's fun and a little bit more engaging than a lot of stuff that tries to do this in earnest. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it to me that feels fun enough that I I can engage with it in a way that's enjoyable. I could be wrong because I know some of I know some people who are at least friends with this band actively want to beat me at, like beat me up. Yeah. So the, so so that gives me the impression that like maybe they surround themselves with people who don't feel this as as much of a joke as they do. Why? Well, you know mean, what I'm you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. And unless you're being like obvious and belligerent, right? Right. In like the delivery, mm -hmm. because there's plenty of people that would see, which I think is really funny. I didn't notice that, but the why are you are, you're a bitch. Right. That's really subtle. And I really like that. But yeah. there's plenty of fucking people. I, I, I would venture that probably I'm going to say 53% of the people that genuinely like this music do uh -huh. not know that that's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> that, that's that's probably a healthy guess. Yeah, right? I would I would say that. Do not true. know that you're a bitch, spelled that way is incorrect, and so it's a very nice subtle move, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's probably you know there's gonna be a ton of fucking like knuckleheads that glom onto it because they don't get the joke, and that's funny too because the joke is on them if it's a joke, um, right. but it would be even funnier if there were like just really almost almost too obvious fucking call outs in the lyrics right right um and i'm not telling you how to write your fucking lyrics and songs i'm just saying that like for me the joke is when there's like obvious fucking mockery and you for can sure. still get people to fucking like get ape shit and reel about it well to to me the the ultimate example of a contemporary band that's doing that is face wreck um, fa face wreck is this idea, but to magnified to the nth fucking power of that. Nate, we'll have to watch a face wreck video the next time that we're like physically together. We, face wreck is like, they started out with, with the beat down thing. Um, and like <laughs> the, the lyrics are like, 
Oh yeah, the, I'm looking at them on Bandcamp right now. The lyrics are intentionally like the vocal delivery, I should say, is like intentionally um like Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the lyrics are talking about like old school knife fights and stuff <laughs> and it's really really good right and that shit's funny because like even if musically i don't want you know joke bands are, are super fucking limited to begin with right right i right, mean right, right. you know how many times you actually going to listen to the entire like one of the best fucking punk joke bands of all time crucial youth how right. many times are you actually going to listen to the entire discography of Crucial Youth, right? Sure, sure. Not that many times because after a little while, you're just like, okay, that's fine. So right. these things have a very short shelf life. Definitely. Um, and yes. they, they should have a very short shelf life, right? Agreed. Because if they don't, then they start to lose the parody. For sure. Um, and I, and, and I, frankly, I think Tsunami is a band that maybe sort of took on a life beyond what they ever expected it to. Cause they released the demo in, in August of last year and it had like the you're a bitch thing. And it was like very clearly a joke and everybody was like, yo, this is hilarious, but it also kind of slaps. It's a lot of fun. Um, I don't think they ever even really had intentions of like playing shows and stuff, but it just picked up so much, so much momentum that it became kind of a legitimate band. Yeah. I would just say, I, I hope that this has, a sh as you just pointed out, I hope this does end up having a short shelf life. Like I, I kind of hope this is the last thing that they ever do, that they play a secret set here and there, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Um, because beyond that, once it begins to lose that sense of, of, of parody and self-awareness, yeah, I think that this loses a lot of the appeal that's inherent to the, you know, the presentation of it as it stands right now. So yeah, that's, that's my two cents on it. Yeah. I mean, stylistically, it's not something that I ever fucking listened to. And maybe there was a brief period, a very fucking brief period where I might listen to something sonically like this, you know, when I was in my late teens, early twenties, mm -hmm. like a two year window. But beyond that, it, it doesn't speak to me. It never really did. Right. And unless the fucking, unless the fucking joke is very pointed mm -hmm. and, uh, I would say mean spirited. Right. It just doesn't stand out to me. Yeah. Fair enough. So, on that note, let's maybe call it on music for the day and uh, maybe do some do some voicemails. We got we got quite a lot. Okay. So so let, let's maybe let's maybe maybe tackle some of those. I'm gonna pause this real quick, and that way I can uh, I'm gonna pause the recording. Oh shit! You know what? Well, I can't pause the recording because it's uh, because of how this is functioning. But we'll just say I'll I'll edit it in post. Um, so I'll send you the fucking login for the, for the voicemail okay. and, uh, and then we'll get, we'll get to get to pop and we'll, we'll at least tackle a few of them. Hey, just wanted to say, uh, ever since you played that stupid band guardrail on the podcast about a month or so ago, can't get that shit out of my head. You know, the worst part is I heard that the members of that band are a bunch of mall core posers that still listen to asking Alexandria attack, attack, bullshit like that. And even one of them listens to Blackville Brides. So anyways, that's disgusting. Fuck you for playing them. And I never want to hear that shit again. Okay. So fuck you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so I kind of wonder if that is maybe a member of Guardrail. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It sounds um, like they have a lot of inside knowledge on them. I yeah. honestly can't remember what Guardrail sounded like. I can't remember what they sounded like either. Uh, apparently, they must have sounded like shit because this guy really didn't like them. And uh, they're a bunch of mall core posers. Yeah, evidently. 
Um, Nate, I would venture a guess that you actually haven't heard any of the bands that were just name checked there. Um, asking Alexandria or Black Veil Brides. Um, well, here's the thing. Am, uh, am I an idiot? <laughs> no, you're not. Then I have not. <laughs> yeah. So I, the only reason I've heard any of those bands is because, um, I had to be on tour with at, at least one of them. I want to say maybe both, maybe both. Actually, I want to say both of those bands were on warp tour the year that I was on it. Okay. Um, so I, I've heard both of those bands and it's, uh, I mean, it's about as bad as music gets. Uh, I, I don't say that lightly. It's it's truly about as bad as 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 a written song could sound. Which which one? Uh, both asking Alexandria and Black Veil Brides. All right. So yeah, I mean, I mean, they're ter- oh, oh my god. So I just looked up uh, Black Ve- <laughs> Black Veil Brides, and I'm looking at pictures of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, how how could you not? How 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 would you see that and think? Yeah, that's probably pretty good. I mean, it, this is, you know, we were talking about music for children. This is actually music for children, like for real. <laughs> yeah, it's baby metal, isn't it? It's it's literally, it's, yes, it's basically it's, baby it's metal. It's heavy Saurus. Right, yes. It, it's, I mean, it's, if you heard this, you would be shocked and appalled. It, it's one of those things where it's like this particular subgenre of like, scene music like myspace mall core stuff yeah it it truly escapes me on a level that almost nothing else does yeah. like even like pop country which i i hate more than almost anything i i understand the appeal right like i understand the basic appeal to to american idiocy right this kind of stuff escapes me on every level right i i truly don't understand it yeah they look like, like they look like the bad guys from like a, a space movie where Motley Crue is the hero. Right. Yes, exactly. It's it's like it's it's a glam. It's a definitely in the lineage of glam metal aesthetically. But, you know, even even like the worst parts of like hair metal are, are a thing that I've always had a lot of trouble understanding really the appeal of. Yeah. Um, so and then this is just a, a, a truly a bridge too far. I, just, I, look, looking at them, I can feel my uh, I can feel my uh, internal compass drifting further and further toward uh, author- authoritarian fascism. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? man. Like yes. imagine imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever and ever, only if it's one of these guys' faces. <laughs> yes, for sure. I can. I, they, yeah, I really. I hope they're making money, but I also hope that every time they look at themselves in the mirror, they feel deep, deep personal shame. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too, man. I hope that like when they're old and they've got Alzheimer's, this is the one thing that they can't forget. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. All right, um, so fuck that. That's more than enough time on the Black Veil Brides. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's listen to our next message, which I believe it looks like from the transcript is a Fatty Hurst. It is. Yeah, it looks like we've got two Fatty Hurst messages back to back that were like hot on the t- two table. Two minutes for apart. Two minutes apart. So let's just listen to both of those Fatty Hurst messages, and then we'll then we'll holler back. All right. Hey, this is Fatty Hurst at four three one Fuck You Street. Uh, I'm just hanging out at a party and I, I just keep calling cause I want attention and you're not giving it to me and I don't know how to feel about that. It's very frustrating. Uh, anyway, Hey, like, uh, can you guys do a deep dive on Utah Phillips or Phil Oaks? Like the original punk rockers who said, fuck you to the, the man, the real man, the man, the man. Anyway, this is dumb call. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I hope you don't listen to all three of these on the same episode. Anyway, I'm sorry I called you guys idiots the other day. I love you so much. Anyway, bye-bye. Hey, it's Fatty Hurst again, man. I'm sorry. I'm at a party. I didn't mean to sound so angry on the last call. God, I hope I'm not the only messages you got. Like, seriously, four in one episode is too many. I hope you space them out. Uh, anyway, uh, you guys are my inspiration for uh, continuing to live in this horrible, fucked-up world. Uh, you're, you're the reason I haven't decided to uh, eat that black pill everybody keeps talking about. But keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. Anyway, bye. So so that was a, a twofer from Fatty Hearst right. um, calling from the same party. Yep. Um, it, uh, apparently attesting to the fact that we have uh, kept him from killing himself. I hope that's not true. I mean, if it is, I'm glad that he's not dead. <laughs> that's And that's really the best I can say about it, right? But I honestly hope that's not true as well. <laughs> yeah, yes, me too. Because if we're your lifeline, whew, that's, a, that's a thin thread. Yep. That's a thin thread that's, that's tethering you to this world. Yep. Um, and we could, and we could really turn on you in an instant. So, uh, so, so, so don't rely on us if we're the, the last bridge connecting you to this mortal coil, yeah. find something else to root you to this world. Right. And, um, yeah, for, for real, because believe if we're the only thing, mm-hmm. my God, please find something else. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I can't bear that burden. No, I really can't, man. Um, I just can't. So I hope everything's do. I hope everything's going, going well for you, fatty, uh, Utah Phillips. Um, not terribly, terribly familiar with, um, but, uh, looking at a picture of him here, uh, that might make me a poser, but here's the thing. He's wearing a harmonica and generally speaking, um, old men and harmonicas are not my thing. So I'm actually a huge Phil Oaks fan, a uh, very big Phil Oaks fan, but uh, you would have to have you would have to have at least some affinity for like American folk music to enjoy Phil Oaks, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, it's it's 60s protest music. Um, his lyrics are more relevant today than ever. Um, I will definitely give give Phil the uh, the credit where credit is due in terms of you characterizing him as like an OG punk rocker. For sure, the man was out in the streets protesting fucking police brutality and uh, and lobbying for civil rights long before that was the norm. Long before it was a thing that you did for clout on social media, um, that was a man who whose dedication to activism probably resulted at least in part in his death. Um, you know, the man is is a legend for good reason. If you uh, if any of our listeners you know consider themselves casual fans of like the uh, the the folk revival of the of the sixties, and you're not familiar with Phil Oaks, I do encourage you to check it out. As far as all of those sort of protest singers go, I think Phil was musically way ahead of his time and lyrically definitely a cut above and uh, I think you will be shocked by how relevant his lyricism is still today um, it's in terms of us doing a, a deep dive on uh, on the folk protest singers of the of the 60s uh, 50s 60s probably pretty low probably pretty low chance on us doing that yeah I um, all 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 intent and message aside um, I I hate folk music hate it yeah don't don't want to listen to even a lick of it, not one lick. <laughs> there, there you go. So that's the verdict on that. 
So, so we, we, the episode has already run long. You know, once I drop music in here, we'll be well over two hours long. We only got three messages left. Let's just fucking, let's just, let's just listen to them. Yeah. We just got three left. Let's, we'll take care of it. Yeah. And the next one is from, from predictably it's from Fatty Hurst. So let's, let's just listen to that real quick. Okay. Hey guys, I'm sure you recognize my voice. It's me, Fatty Hurst again. Just wanted to call and say, take your time with the next fucking episode. Keep hitting the goddamn streets, because fuck this goddamn shit. I'm glad y'all are out there putting your money where your mouth is. I'm out on the streets in Orlando. Fuck this shit. Fuck 12, and fuck the goddamn system that fucking has its neck on the goddamn poor for fucking ever. Fuck this shit. Keep up the good work. Well, there you go. Right on, Fatty. Yeah, and an impassioned cry for justice from Fatty Hurst. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I fuck with you, buddy. Be safe. If you are indeed still on the mean streets of Orlando, uh, fighting the good fight, be safe. As I said, you know, last episode to everybody out there, be safe. Fort Wayne has simmered down, um, mostly due to the fact that, uh, that essentially the, the cops managed to, the cops and the mayor here managed to pull a, and evidently, um, a PR stunt that was very successful in, uh, defusing the momentum of the movement that was going here and has, has fractured people in such a way that it has lost a lot of momentum. I went down downtown a couple times this week and after the so-called unity march where the, uh, sheriff who, who actually has a, a separate le- litigation about beating a teenage boy while he's at drunk a, at a, while, at a festival. Right, exactly. Where that same man um, walked downtown and further justified his use of uh, tear gas on peaceful protesters and did not apologize for uh, gassing t- a toddler or shooting a man's eye out or uh, sh- uh, shooting a deaf woman 12 times with rubber bullets or any of those things, um, expected to make good with people. So since then, the uh, the momentum here, I don't know, the wind has sort of come out of the sails because most people now are not wanting to cooperate with the the people that were responsible for uh, facilitating that farce. But uh, there's still a lot of tension elsewhere in the country for sure. So if you're still hitting the streets and it's still tense where you're at, just, uh, you know, go out there prepared, be safe. Well, I think that it's time to coalesce and uh, it's more, it becomes more than just a regional thing, right? For sure. Um, that's, that, that seems to be the phase that, that, that we should be in and um, keep the fucking anger up, right? Because, yeah. For sure. I mean, it's not as if the boot is getting taken off the fucking neck, right? No, sure not. But there, there have been incremental. There's been incremental product progress. You know what I mean? Um, the the in in LA, I know they're they're at least taking 150 million away from the pre-existing police budget. I mean, that's a fraction of what the police budget there is. But nonetheless, it's it's. Hey, even even baby steps are still steps. There's serious talk of the city council in Minneapolis trying to dissolve the police department as it currently exists and and institute a uh, practice of community policing that involves, you know, uh, officers who are actually specialized to deal with the particular incidents that they are called for, um, in which most police officers are not armed because most police officers don't need to be armed for the job that they're doing and, in fact, just escalate violence further. So there, you know, as as little change as we might see, um, the little victories count for something. So if you're getting discouraged, just try to keep in mind that uh, there have been genuine effects of this most recent upheaval. And if you keep that pressure on, there the the powers that be have no choice but to acquiesce at least on some level. Well, and also understand that policing is only one fraction of the whole equation. Because exactly, you yeah. know, after. 
after that, you can't forget the underlying, the underlying injustice and the underlying foundation that um, basically supports um, right. Supports the policing. Right. I mean, we can for talk sure. about for profit prisons. We can talk about the war on drugs. There's lots of different li- things we can talk about. Shit. Just listen to a killer Mike song. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you if you if you need a good crash course in the many the many issues and the systemic injustices that plague this country, um, you know, or a public enemy sport. song. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this shit ain't new. This shit ain't new. And it's uh, it's it's about time to fucking. I, I, you know, as I was, I was saying the other day, obviously what has been happening for the past 40, 60, 70 years don't fucking work. Right. Right. Yep. So, you know, the policing is only one part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on that note, so this, this last message actually, There's two I don't more. think we, oh, are there two more? Oh, there are two more. Okay. Cool. Oh, Let's and then the next one's one Patty again. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yesterday. No. No, 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 no. That's not Patty again. That's the one we just listened to. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, that is Patty again. Shit. <laughs> okay. So let's let's listen to this other one first, and then we'll we'll address that last message. Okay. Yo, motherfuckers, what's up? It's G Michael Thomas from Canada, um, and uh, I listened to the new episode of your podcast. <clears throat> I lost my voice from singing. Listen to the new episode of your shit, and. Uh, <clears throat> I had to pause it because I just started laughing out loud because within two minutes, uh, so you can suck my dick from the back and eat my farts for dinner. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Both of you guys can eat my fucking farts for dinner. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that, that was our Canadian homie, G. Michael Thomas, yep. who you mentioned. Uh, we, we had in a previous episode, I know. Um, Eating I'm, farts I'm, for dinner is really good. Um, it's a good line. Here's the thing. The best way to threaten somebody if they're really fucking mad and to, is to make juvenile taunts like that. Oh, for sure. Yes. Right. That's, yeah. that's, it's so fucking funny. It's so perfect. Imagine somebody being really fucking mad at you and wanting to go at it. And you tell them you can eat five farts for dinner. You poop head. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It really takes the wind out of their sails. It really does. Um, so, so this last message from from Fatty actually, um, I, I think we can disregard because it, it's as you can see, it's three minutes long. I think it might have actually been. So Fatty calls us so much. I think this might have been a butt dial. Um, but it's actually, he, he was talking about being in the streets of Orlando. I actually listened to a part of this when I got it because I, I got the notification on my phone. And I was like, this is three minutes long and it's from Fatty Hearst. Um, so I started listening to it and it, it appears to just be him, uh, literally marching in the streets. Okay. So, so it, it's a, it, it is a, an actual record of the fact that he's, he was out there doing the work. He was out there fighting the good fight, but I think it's just a capture three minutes of captured banter of uh, he and his homies out protesting. And I, I, I don't know, Fatty, I think what it says about the state of your life that you have us on quick dial, um, that you, you know, you could accidentally dial our number. Same thing in terms of, you know, if we're the ones holding, you know, if we're your lifeline to this world, um, you know, don't put all your faith in us, man. Well, you know I mean? on, on the one hand, I think it's rather endearing. Uh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah, thank you too. very much. But on the other hand, uh, yeah, you know, 
fucking it looks like it looks like uh the recent recent times have given given us uh, something else to fight for yes for and sure. that is um in support of the police uh because they need our support <laughs> more more than ever right right so on that note, I guess we'll wrap it up. I will say we got we got a couple new Patreons, um, or patrons rather, Patreon subscribers. Casey is one of them. And then uh, a fellow named Will Hart, who is a dude that I actually met all the way back in high school, who I think I met via a group of kids that when I started going to high school, they just saw me skulking about the hallways alone in my combat boots and my trench coat and my studded leather jacket with the crass logo on the back. And they would just call me street punk. They didn't know my name. They were just like some kind of hardcore kids and ska kids and just assorted weirdos in the early to mid aughts and would just be like, hey, what's up, street punk? And then eventually they asked me to eat lunch with them and they were just some some older kids. And I think Will was among that contingent and uh, we've remained just sort of loosely in touch over the years. He's a Fort Wayne dude who um, likes a lot of very cool shit um and is evidently a patreon subscriber now so shout out to will that's rad yeah it's you, a good uh, it's it's one it's a perfect example that don't ever cross somebody because you never know how it's going to come back to bite you right <laughs> this, this is true yeah if you fucking copped off to to will about they fuck you he wouldn't be a patron right now that's that's very true um so and then i think we lost a couple patrons this last month too whether that's whether that's because of um you know, sometimes people just don't hey, don't want to give hard give times money for anymore. everybody, man. Right, for sure. If, and whether it's just hard times or whether us uh, saying fuck 12 alienated people or whether we were alienated by, um, you know, the attacks against our uh, integrity on Twitter. Who knows? Who knows what the result is? But we already replaced you. But good riddance, bitch. We got Wait, new folks. Fuck 12? What? Fuck, fuck 12. You know, 12 is just a, sl- a slang term for the police. Oh, well, I didn't know that. I, I see. I'm not a criminal. Well, you're 40. <laughs> You're 43, so I wouldn't expect you to know that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so on that note, yeah, I guess we'll we'll just do our housekeeping and wrap it up. Um, if you do want to subscribe to the Patreon, I think we're going to uh, record a new episode this week. Um, it is just patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. $5 and up gets you access to all of the Patreon content. Um, plus, you know, everything that we're going to come out with. Um, we just got our Patreon payout, so I'm going to look into getting us a, uh, an interface and then hopefully next month, a couple of mics, and then we can, uh, up the ante on our recording, uh, quality once more. If you want to leave us some messages, we are now, I think, you know, we're, we're, we've, we got the back catalog knocked out. We're ready to take some more. So call us at 260-222-8341. And then if you want to submit music to us, you can send it into demo listen podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you like what you hear, you know, rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is you use, tell your friends, we don't advertise or anything. I guess maybe that's something that we should look into if we want to expand, um, as of right. Yeah. Or or just like how you get into like, I don't know how you reach more people, you know, other than by word of mouth. Right. Right. So that's, that's what I was going to say. If you like, if you like podcasts and you think your friends might like it, tell your homies about it. Tell your, tell your grandma, tell your dog, um, this is this is still almost a year in and entirely just grassroots, uh, very, I don't know, uh, I guess we'll, I'll say we put in minimal effort on the business front. I'll, so I, I'll tell you what, I know how to get, I know how to get the word out. Okay. How's that? Let's go to some protests. Okay. Let's get into some shit, right? Uh-huh. Carrying demo listen signs. <laughs> <laughs> It's so deeply, deeply fucked up to do. Well, <laughs> to like you, have, you, you, 
can have a positive message on one side, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, uh-huh. no justice, no peace, something like that on, on one side. But sure. then on the other side, just have a plug for the for the pod. <laughs> It's so fucking like it's so crass and 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 tasteless. I mean, I I love it. Just think about how like if we showed up on, I don't know, national news, right, blowing up online because one of us gets a fucking gas can to the mouth, right, while we're holding demolition signs. Dude, it makes me wish because you know I get you know what four years ago or whatever I got on Fox and Friends I got in front of Eric Trump. Yeah, um, Eric Trump commented on my protesting activities because I had the sign that said Trump Trump fans are cousin fucking cave people and that that made it all the way up to international news. So I I still relish that just because one has to assume especially with how religiously um, Trump watches Fox News and watches Fox and Friends and whatnot it's almost guaranteed that Trump saw me. Uh, brandishing a sign that claimed that his uh, constituency were cousin fucking cave people, which brings me no small degree of pleasure. Yeah. But the um, amount of shit that fucking rolls that rolled down on that dude, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Oh, sure. But I just, well, I'm going to take the small victory that I got, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, if only we had been doing the podcast then, right. Right. And well, I, I could have thrown year. a little plug in. It is an election year. I need to, I need to go back out there and, and, uh, hit the Trump rallies. You know, if they come around you know he's, you know, that as soon as, uh, you know, he's coming to fucking Fort Wayne again. Right? Oh yeah. Because 100%. there's no way that Indiana doesn't go for Trump. For sure. Right. So, you yep. know, he's coming. So right. we'll just show up with some demo listening signs at a Trump rally. <laughs> Right? Yeah, that's a that's a good idea, man. So I'm down for All that. Right, that's cool. good advertising. <laughs> yeah, so we'll look we'll look into that as some some advertising. But yeah, in the meantime, if you like the show, tell your homies about it. Um, I don't think we plan on stopping anytime soon. So thanks for everybody who's listening, Nate. Unless you have anything to add, I think we'll go ahead and sign off for the week. No, I'm good. All right, we will talk to you next time. Peace. All right. <laughs>